And um, so um, I really like to keep myself abreast of our past because it's best that your past reminds you of this could happen, you know, and it keeps me humble, keeps me saying, woo, I'm not bigger than that. You know, I think about the Holocaust. I read a lot about the Holocaust and what happened with the precious Jews of God and um, the atrocities, not just with them. There were tons of Gentiles that also died because they loved Jesus and they defended the Jewish people. And uh, so I like when God reminds me of those things because he is still on the throne. He's still in charge and uh, he can stop any evil that is on the planet um, if we just trust and believe and we get involved. So um, I don't want anybody reading my mail. Nina almost read my mail this morning. Um, <laughs> we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. And then we're going to be in a lot of the Word. Does everyone have a Bible? If you don't, I think Paul, he's, he puts it up there for us. So with a lot of Word, a lot of Word. First of all, God, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that I'm born again. I'm grateful that I have been washed by the blood. I am grateful, oh God, for your holy presence. I'm grateful for your Holy Spirit. I'm grateful that you are in charge and we are not. I'm grateful that you've given us a voice, but that that voice is carried by your Holy Spirit, that it's not I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. And Father, I give you the glory for every soul in this room. I give you the glory for how good you are and how you've created them in your image and your likeness and how you've set them free, oh Oh God, from the bondage of sin that we all once were in, oh God. And I give you the glory that you loved us enough. What an honor it is to stand in your holy position and give your holy word when I was a sinner. And God, I give you the glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 1 says, and this is the Apostle Paul leading and directing. And I, brethren, when I come to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, and in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Okay. <clears throat> the word of God is a living, breathing, beautiful gift from God. Only to those who want to believe. The Holy Spirit is of God. He is so gentle. He is kind. He will not force feed you. He will not condemn you. He will not mock you. He will not hurt you. He wants you to want him, just like a lover desires you. He wants you to lack nothing. He wants you to, be, he wants you to have the fullness of everything that God has provided for you. He's not someone who's saying, I'll give you this, but you have to do this. He doesn't limit the gifts that you're allowed to have. You limit the gifts you're allowed to have. He wants you to have the fullness of God, the fullness of God. Everything that the Lord has for you, he wants you to have. That's how good and kind and gentle and loving he is. He's nothing like us. <clears throat> he wants you to lack nothing, and the word of God is given to us by the Holy Spirit of God. When God breathes, there's a Hebrew word called ro rog hakadesh. 
and that literally means the Holy Spirit. He's the head leader. He fastens him things, himself to things. He pulls things together, and then he sets boundaries for the least. We are the least, and he is willing to do all of that for each and every one of us. He is the breath of God. In Genesis, when he created man, he breathed into Adam. Adam was a piece of clay, he breathed in him, and created this miraculous creature that we are here today. Everything about you is miraculous. Every cell in your body is miraculous. It keeps regenerating itself continually. You are a wonderful creature. Everything about you is perfect in God's eyes because he created you in his image and in his likeness. The Holy Spirit. Let's learn about the Holy Spirit, shall we? Does anyone understand the Holy Spirit? If you don't, we hope to explain that to you today. There are three parts that we serve one God. In John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, Jesus is instructing the religious Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus. And Nicodemus knew that Jesus was of God. And Nicodemus, what he needed to know, he must be born of the Spirit, but Nicodemus does not understand. So Jesus goes on to say in verses, chapter 3, we're going to read verses 15, 16, and 18. First of all, Jesus has told him he must be born again. And Nicodemus is confused. He's like, how can I go into my, back into my mother's womb? So he's confused. So then Jesus goes on to say in verse 15, chapter 3, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life is in verse 16. Verse 18, he that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So Jesus is explaining how you become born again. You believe on him. Okay, now we're going to go to John chapter 13. Now, throughout the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is very, is very well versed. He is explained many times by the Apostle Paul. In Isaiah, it's mentioned several times. And, of course, you know, in, in Genesis chapter 1, all through Genesis, every, it's all about the Holy Spirit and what he's doing. <clears throat> so John chapter 13 begins the end of Jesus' ministry on earth. Now, if you've been with someone and you love someone and you're encouraged by them and they're your leader, they're your guide, or they're someone that you trust, you don't want to hear that they're going to die and when they're going to die and how they're going to die. But Jesus tells them this is, these are things that are going to happen, so he's preparing them for the end of his earthly ministry. Now, as humans, we don't understand these things, okay? Jesus was God in the flesh. So he's God in the flesh, so he knows all things. He says, when you see me, you see my Father. So he is God in the flesh. Um, in verse nine, 19 of chapter 13, we'll go there. He says, now I tell you before it come." Now he's talking about the things that are going to happen to him, that he's going to be betrayed. Chapter 13 is all about the Passover. He, they are celebrating the Passover. If any of you don't know, the Passover celebrates uh, in the book of um, Exodus when um, the death angel passed over the houses, but he only passed over the houses where there, blood, where there was blood. Okay, So they had to put um, lamb's blood on the uh, lintel of, or the sides of the door and the top of the door so that uh, the death angel would pass 
pass over, okay? And so the firstborn, if they didn't have the blood, would die in that home. And so they're celebrating what God did for them and how he prepared them to lead them out of Egypt, okay? So, and it's really, it's, it's really um, ironic because it's like you see all the plagues of um, um, Egypt and what happened during Moses' time, and you're like, um, why did he have to do so many plagues? Why did he have to lead up to this, to the Passover? But God chose to teach them through all of that that he was in charge. If you don't know, in Goshen is where the, the slaves were, the uh, Israeli slaves were. And in Goshen, when there was darkness in Egypt, they still had the sunlight. And when animals were dying outside of Goshen, their animals were thriving. And when lice was in Egypt, Goshen had no, no lice, okay? So he was preparing them to let them know that the gods of Egypt are worthless, okay? That there's no statue that you're going to worship. There's no man you're going to worship. There's no animal you're going to worship. It's based upon the word that Moses brought forth to the people, and they had to believe through that. And I tell you, Moses had a tough job, guys. He was doing something nobody had ever done. You know, there was no instruction manual, okay? It would have made me a nervous wreck, too. I would have said, hey, can I take my brother with me so he can talk for me? Because I'm nervous just standing up here now. This is serious business, you know? Because Jesus is Lord. And it's tough because he does things that we don't do, okay? His ways are not our ways, which I will get into in a minute. Um, okay, so anyway, it, when Jesus says you have to believe, it does mean trust. Trust in the Lord always. Lean not upon your understanding. So when we read the Word of God, the Word of God is to lead us and tell us what we're to do. And then we trust the one who wrote the Word of God. And then the Holy Spirit bears witness with us that it is the Word of God and it is the truth, which we're going to get into now. Okay, so he has told them they're going to die. he's going to die, basically he's going to be betrayed. He didn't tell them exactly how, he just said, I'm going to be betrayed. He even told them as they were sitting there, which we talked about Wednesday, that what's going to happen. I'm going to hand this um, piece of bread, I'm going to sop it in that wine, I'm going to hand it, and the person that I hand it to, that's the person going to betray me. He did it in front of all of them, and they still didn't get it. You understand what I'm saying? Because his ways are not our ways, okay? We don't know until after these things have come to pass. When you re receive a prophecy, like the prophecy of Revelation and, and the, and, and the um, age that we're going into right now, we don't understand all those things that are in Revelation. But when they come to pass, he who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. So when it happens, you're like, oh, that's what Revelation chapter and verse mean, okay? Okay. So, um, Jesus basically is telling him, now, I'm telling you this is going to come to pass. Verse 19 of chapter 13. Now, I tell you before it come that when it has come to pass, you may believe that I am he. So, when it has come to pass, okay? So, he, he, he warns them, he prepares them, he prophesies to them, and then he says, you're going to understand it after it's over. Verse 21. When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in his spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. But the di disciples still didn't understand what he was saying. In verse uh, number 28, now, now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought, because Judas had the bag, that Jesus had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. But he, then having received, talking about Judas, the sop, went immediately out, and it was night. And so here we go. We're going to start moving forward. Jesus is, is going to be heading towards his um, crucifixion at this point um, and giving of his life. 
right, John chapter 14. Sorry, verses um, 15 through 18. And Jesus said, <laughs> Nina was reading my mail this morning, praise be to God, we're all on the same page. Um, if ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall send you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you, and I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. So another comforter literally means of the same. Okay, of the same of Jesus, of the same. In other words, I'm going to give you another piece of pie, and it's cut the exact same way, it tastes the same way, it looks the same way. So another comforter literally means another portion of Jesus. It's equal to Christ. But, you know, the comforter can't see. Okay, Jesus they could physically see. So at this point, they still really don't understand what's going on. Okay, um, and then Jesus prophesies of the giving of the Holy Spirit. Um, and the Comforter, verse 26, which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, and whatsoever I have said to you. In John chapter 16, verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot grasp them now. He used the word bear, bear them now. In other words, it's difficult for you to understand what I'm actually saying to you. This is how important it is that the Holy Spirit is in our lives. He's going to help us. In verse 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. How are we to know the things to come unless we have access to the Holy Spirit of God? So in Acts chapter 1, this is after Jesus has shown himself 40 days. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's shown himself for 40 days. He's talked to him about a bunch of stuff. Those things are not here in the scriptures. Um, I'm sure there were things that pertain to the time they were in, uh, warnings, um, what they needed to do, how they needed to do things. But he said you had to tarry. He had to wait. Let me go back to Luke. I'm sorry. It was a commandment. No, I'm right. I'm right. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Acts chapter 1. Okay, so it was a commandment, and he said, um, chapter 1, oh, okay, um, I'm going to start with verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion for many infallible proofs, being seen of them for 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which says he, you have heard of me. For John, John the Baptist, truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, it's written in some areas that the people that were following him were about 3,000, but at this point, it, it boils down to people tarrying and waiting. How many of us like to wait? I'm just wondering, do you like to wait? Yeah, nobody likes to wait, you know? I see it every day. Um, and Jesus commanded that they wait, okay? He commanded that they wait so they receive this gift, and the ones who were willing to follow that command 
receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it was a miracle. Because let me tell you, folks, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe um, it was the first time the Holy Spirit had come down and baptized anyone that I'm aware of, okay, according to uh, the word that I have read. I'm, I'm happy to be corrected. But um, they were speaking with languages they didn't understand. Now, everyone knows that the tongue, and James, we've read about this also, that the tongue is an unruly member. It'll set the entire body on fire. So you can say a little thing, and it'll ruin everyone in the room. It will discourage them. It will break their heart. It will send them running out the door. Your lip matters. Your tongue matters. That little tiny thing right there can ruin a lot of stuff. So it's ironic how Jesus would choose your tongue to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's ironic because you have to give over all authority to him. You have to be willing to have the most self-control you've ever had in your life, and that's to keep your lips Literally. So when you want to receive the baptism, you have got to let go and you've got to trust. Because he's going to give you a new language. You're not in charge. Okay? You're not speaking English. You're not in charge. Okay? He comes on you and he gives you his language. Paul even said some people talk with the uh, language of angels. And I'm like, whoa, I wonder what that sounds like because we don't know. But um, that's really cool. Okay. So it just proves how powerful our God is. Okay, now we're going to move into Isaiah chapter 55, please, folks. God is good. God is good. I love him. We're going to read a lot in Isaiah, chapter 55, uh, verses 1 through 12. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy, and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and you labor for that which satisfies not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat yet ye that which is good. Let your soul delight in its fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader, and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee, because the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Yet the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, for he that has mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, 
but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing thereto, whether to, whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all of the field, all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of thorns shall come up a fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Isaiah chapter 43. Verse 15. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your word. 43, 15. I am the Lord, your holy God, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, which bring forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Old, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Isaiah chapter 44. Hallelujah. Verse 1 through 8. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant in Israel, whom I have chosen, Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou Jezerun, who I have chosen. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thy offspring. They shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses." One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe or write him on his hand unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel. (laughs) Thus say the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God, and who, as I shall call, and shall declare it, and shall set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people. And the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from the time, and have declared it? Ye are even my witness. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for your word. 
Halleluja! This church was founded not in tradition nor as an institution. This church was founded by a small band of believers who met in a house, who had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, who had the audacity <laughs> to believe God had something more. And they were not getting from the current institutions of the area. God called them out. God moved them out. They remained steadfast and unmovable. Then one day a miracle, the timing of God, a stranger, was looking for a Pentecostal group of people who needed land to build a sanctuary. And God led them to a tiny band in Selbyville, Delaware. They were given the land across the street from the house that they were, they were uh, worshiping in. Right across the street. For a dollar. They were given this land. It was an absolute miracle. And no man could ever take credit for it. Because the man looking for him was an attorney. He was just going door to door. Looking for a Pentecostal group. No. Next. Looking for a Pentecostal group. Nope. Until he ended up at their home. Across the street in Selbyville, Delaware. For one dollar. I'm willing to give a dollar. It was an absolute, absolute miracle. No man could take credit for. God saw their hunger as they believed the best they could as the Holy Spirit would lead in God and protect and provide. They just believed. And they hungered and thirsted for the presence and the power and the enabling of the Holy Ghost. Only in love with Jesus. Only in love with Jesus. And what they had experienced from him. And they made up their mind. No one and nothing was going to separate them from this. And this is the truth. They were battled on every side. They were battled by family members, spouses, religious entities, mocking, telling them they were wrong. But none of these things moved them. None of it. Then came sin in the camp after the church was born, a fallen pastor to sexual sin, a pastor whose wife left him for another woman to live in homosexuality, a treasurer would steal all of the money in their account. But none of these things moved them, even though the town would talk about us and say, oh, this and that has happened at that church. None of those things moved them. Man didn't move them. The devil could not move them. Finally, a group of rebels would call our minister and his wife of the occult. As if that were the last straw and the devil would ruin this body. Which he did not do in Jesus' name. Because we believe... We don't come here because we're a group of just people hanging out. We believe in the truth. We believe in the Holy Spirit and what he has spoken to us. He is the spirit of truth. He is our final answer. 
No man decides that. The Holy Spirit is the one who decides that. And we are in love with the Holy Spirit. And no one will take his place. We're not going to find another lover. He is the lover of our soul. And he is able to keep us and sustain us through all the decisions that have to be made and the decisions that will be made in Jesus' name. This congregation also remains because the faith and the prayers of the founders who were in that house constantly seeking God for his moving. Those prayers are still in heaven. Those prayers are still before our Father, and our Father is going to honor his servants. Time after time after time, strangers have walked through our door, and they have said, oh, I feel the love of God here. Did we manifest that? The Holy Spirit in us manifests that. And he will do it again. And the prayers of the saints will be answered. And the time is now. Did God say this? That's the famous statement of our enemy. Did he say that? Did he really say that? Yes, devil, he did say that in Jesus' name. I'm not taking of the fruit that is forbidden. I'm going to run to my father if I have to and say, remind me, oh God, before I make a decision, oh God, that will put me in a position where I will lose out, maybe not in heaven, but I'll lose out in what you want to do, oh God. I choose to believe. I choose to wait for the promise. And I choose the guidance of his Holy Spirit. This place exists because God said this place will exist. And no man, no devil will change that. For who is like unto our God? Who has not walked into the... Oh, well, we've talked about that. I've got to move on. <laughs> we exist to let God arise and our enemies be scattered. But we must follow the, whole, the, lead, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Second Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient unto parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For this sort 
They creep into houses and lead captive silly women laid with sins, led away with diverse lusts, never learning, ever learning and never able to, con to, to, the, able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janez and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came to me at Antioch, Iconium, Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of all of them, the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue in the things which thou hast learned and that has been assured of, knowing whom thou hast learned them. So I would like for the board to now come forward. I would like for your spouses to come with you. Yep, Chris and Jan, and then Randy and Rita. I'm sorry Maria had to leave. I'll see if I can get the kids. Thank you. Are you okay? You can stand right here, Rita. That's fine. You and Randy. Are you okay standing, Randy? What? Are you okay standing? Yeah. Okay. Let me get out of the way. We want you to know that we love you. We love you. And we fight for you spiritually. And we want you to know that we want God's best for you. God's best for you. That he has put us in a position because he trusts us to hear from him and to follow him and be obedient unto him. Because you matter. You matter. We cannot emphasize much of how important it is for us all to receive the baptism of God's Holy Spirit. It has not been done away with. It is, it is as live today as I am standing here before you. And what I would like to do is for the board to lay hands on Randy. Randy has been seeking the baptism and has not received it. And we want to pray and we want to believe God that he receives it right now in Jesus' name. <clears throat> and Nina, you're going to lead that in Jesus' name. You're going to lead that by the gentle goodness of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need you. 
Hallelujah. Just worship him, Randy. Worship him. Just let go and worship. seek God, anyone in this room who has not made Jesus Lord of their life, we're going to do it right now. Anyone, don't ever let the time pass you by. If the opportunity is given, take it. Run with it. It is your gift from God. If there's anyone in this body who is born again and desires greatly to receive the baptism of his Holy Spirit, and you want to come forward, come forward. We will pray. There is nothing to be ashamed of in the body of Christ. For greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And is a gift of God. And it doesn't matter if you think you deserve it. Because that's not what Jesus does. I did never deserve salvation. But he said, Laura, it's free for you if you want it. And I took it, and it was the best decision I'll ever, have ever, will ever make in Jesus' name. If anyone needs healing, if anyone just wants prayer, come, come, come. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Just receive it, Randy, in Jesus' name. Precious name of Jesus. Precious name of Jesus. Do you ladies need prayer? You just want, yes, okay. 